0: This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions, which of course means that my initial prediction for the finals was wrong. Of course, what else is new? And also, we're going to talk about what's going on with the uh, U.S. Men's Olympic team. Seems kind of weird what's going on right now. Let's just jump into it. So, as I said, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. They have beat the Phoenix Suns in six games. Uh, The Suns took a really... It looked like it was a commanding 2-0 lead. It seemed like they were going to sweep or at least win it in five. But um, Chris Paul had really great uh, games one and two just doing his thing, commanding the Suns, and it was just, it's what Chris Paul does. He just leads the teams to greatness. But, unfortunately, he didn't have a good series of away because Coach Mike Budenholzer for the Bucks decided, you know what? I'm going to put Drew Holiday on you. You're not doing anything for the rest of the series. If you're going to do anything, you're going to have to work for it. And the thing is that, I don't know why you didn't do that from the start. CP3 was clearly the X-Factor for the Suns because let's admit this Suns team is still way too young to to win without Chris Paul Devin Booker had some really solid games scoring about 30s I think one game he had 40 but there was he just had some really bad games and they're not taking the best shots but I mean what else is he gonna do without Chris Paul distributing the ball to him he's get or like really working with him that much he's just gonna have to make his own shots unfortunately not the best shots and uh Ends up paying for it in the end. Chris Middleton was huge for the Bucks. He had some really great games, which he had to because, if you remember Giannis, we weren't sure if he was going to play until, like, Game 3 of the finals. Uh, then Woj comes out uh, pre-game Game 1 and says that Giannis is going to play a night, So we knew Middleton had to do something else because, again, that injury that Giannis had, it, uh, it just looked like something to where... It wouldn't probably take him out of the playoffs totally. But you would think he's going to have to take some time on that. And he won't be the same after he comes back for the series. So, you know, Milton... In times where, you know, Giannis, he was going to be... He was on the bench. He seemed really gassed for a couple for a couple of those games. Uh, Milton just came out and he's like... In takeover mode. Okay, yeah, we're not going to lose this. And, uh... If... Chris Milton was huge for the Bucks. Drew Holiday. I don't even know what word you could describe what he meant to the Bucks in this series, but he was amazing defensively. Also handled the offensive pace really well. The one thing that I really did love about this Bucks team was how how good they were on defense. Because sometimes I think that defense can sometimes be overlooked. It's Especially this season, didn't seem like defense was really a factor that much. But I'm glad to say again that defense does in fact win championships. But the thing with Drew Holiday is that I didn't really think he was worth the trade that they had for him. Because they gave up Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and a couple picks, I believe, for Drew Holiday. And I thought it to be risky, which, you know, you have to take risks in order to win championships, but I thought it was too big of a risk because his contract is up after this year, so he could just walk afterwards. But now you want a championship, but you don't really care if he walks, honestly. And if he does come back, great, we're going we're going for a championship again. Oh, by the way, uh, how about that lob in Game 5? Drew Holiday strips Devin Booker. And uh, you think in that situation, you're almost thinking, oh, you almost sort of want to call a timeout or just reset the offense. But one thing that I always forget about until like I really start thinking about is that fast break is one of the best keys of, of a game. You have to have a really good fast break game in order to win. Sure, it was a good fast break, but <laughs> that, that lob to Giannis where it looked like he jumped 20 foot in the air. Like it was NBA Jam or something, and brought it down on Chris Paul. That, that's that's just ballsy. I don't know how to say it. That's he. That's just ballsy. But let's go on to the real storyline of the finals, the main one. Giannis Antetokounmpo, goodness! Game seven, all time performance. One of the likes that we probably will not see for a long time again, especially in a closeout game. Talked a few weeks ago about Chris Paul's closeout game against the Clippers. Made that look like just light work, honestly, for Giannis. Giannis ends up with 50 points, 14 rebounds, 4 of those offensive, and 5 blocks, along with shooting 17 of 19 from the free-throw line. I was watching Dan Patrick earlier in the day where some someone called in and said, do you think that the Suns will foul Giannis to force him to shoot free throws in or, and force him to make them? Because a couple days before that, Reggie Miller was on the show and he said that Shaq shot 39 free throws and he went 18-39, I believe, in that game and the Pacers still lost the series. So, it's a, it's a give and take. You really do think, well, if it comes down to it, we're, we, we're going to foul Giannis because he struggles with free throws. Giannis, right from the get-go in the first quarter, said, no, no, no. I got my free throws down. You will not be able to foul me in the end of the game. Only missed two free throws for the day. And I think up until the third quarter, those were the only two free throws missed for the Bucks. So, shout out Giannis, King of Milwaukee. If he wasn't King before, he definitely is now. So, now, uh, Bucks are reigning champions. We go into the offseason now. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, (laughs) Really awkward that Devin Booker has to fly. He's probably currently flying to Tokyo with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Uh, They're probably in separate parts of the plane (laughs) with that. Oh man, that, and Tokyo's a long flight. That's That had to have been the most awkward flight ever. But anyways, the Bucks have won their first championship in 50 years since they were led by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, then known as Lou Alcindor in his second year, and Oscar Robertson, who is going towards the end of his career. I think he was in his 11th season. 50 years is a long time. <laughs> so... Congratulations to the Bucks. Also, shout-out to the Suns. They are far from done. After the game, Chris Paul in his press conference says, I'm not retiring, so get that out of your minds. I'm gonna, we're going to go to work. So, Suns are far from done, but you still got the Lakers, who are going to be, I assume, fully healthy next year. So, next year's going to be great. We're going to be sort of back to normal. This seemed like a very long season because we only had about a – month and a half to two month break between the bubble and this season. So hopefully we'll be getting back to normal but basketball is not done because we got the Olympics coming up so we're gonna talk about that. So what's going on with the Olympic team guys uh, we I I knew going into the exhibition games that they were gonna be short three players. So first off they lose in Nigeria. Which, has it ever happened in Olympic history, the U.S. losing to Nigeria? I don't think so. It doesn't sound like the U.S. to do that. But Nigeria had some solid players, uh, mainly for the team that hit 23s. So, there will be a team upsetting others in the Olympics. So, I knew the three, Milton, Booker, and Holiday, would be out for for a little while because they're in the finals. Then you hear... Bradley Beal is, in, is ineligible because of health and safety protocols, also known as COVID-19. And you're like, oh, that's not good. Bradley Beal is a guy who's, over the past few years, he's used to playing second fiddle, especially when John Wall was still in Washington. So you knew he was going to work well. Uh, then you hear Kevin Love uh, withdrew from the team because he's still injured. You're like, okay. So we're down to seven. That's great. And then your Zach Levine almost couldn't make it to the Olympics, but luckily he made it to Tokyo, I think, yesterday on Wednesday. So I'm like, okay, who are the replacements? Let's just hear the replacements. Just get two really good players. We'll be fine. Uh, You know, you could have got Trey Young. Could have got, I don't know, maybe LeBron would be like, hey, let me join in now. Uh, Almost any all-star could have brought them in. No, the replacements are Kelton Johnson, who in the exhibition game they played in did pretty well. So, I'm okay with that. But then you got JaVale McGee, and you're like, okay, are we trying to win? (laughs) Because it's like, JaVale McGee is solid, okay? I get it. But the dude is just a walking meme to where it's like almost a reputation where if you have him on the team, or if he's on the floor, he's not respected. So, I don't get it. Where's all the All-Stars? Where's all the best players in the world? So, the losses half concern me because, like, on the one side, yeah, we, we were missing a ton of players. We, only, we were down to seven players at one point. But in those exhibition games, we also had the select team playing, which... The select team arguably has just as much talent as the, the Olympic team. Still lost. So, um, hopefully get to turn things around. Drew Holiday's coming in. He's really good defensively, and that's the one thing that this team really needs is defense. But um, if you haven't checked it out, I don't know if it's on the free version of Peacock, but um, they're coming out with a mini-doc on this year's. Uh, olympic team i think it's updated every day 9 p.m or so it's really interesting because not only does it look through this olympic team but it looks to the past and goes through all that which i love stuff like that because me it's important to know the history of what's going on there's been a precedent we've it's happened before but um I didn't know that the Olympic team lost to the select team when they had everyone except those three that were in the finals. So, there's that. Which, I mean, the dream team lost to the select team, but then Mike Mike Krzyzewski just says that, oh, they threw the game. So, I I wouldn't think that Popovich would throw the game (laughs) like this. And uh, watching... The this team practice is really interesting because, like, uh, Popovich will see someone screw up, and it's just like high school and I assume college. All right, on the line they do half court and back, but uh, it's really interesting because I almost guarantee cannot do that in the NBA regular season because, I mean, these guys are just making millions of dollars. You think they're just gonna do suicides not really yeah so they lose the select team which i don't know we're missing those three players so i guess it's okay lose to nigeria by three which losing by three it's not awful but we're we're used to seeing winning by like 10 to 15 lose to australia by eight which they have solid players they have I believe they that aaron baines patty mills della dova Thibel, it's going to be really good in the Olympics. Matisse Thibel will because defense is really important in international play. So then we see that the Olympic team starts getting going, beating Argentina by 28, which, honestly, Argentina only has, like, a really old Luis Scola that I know of. That's all I knew on the team. So getting getting in the right direction, but it's like means Luis Scola then they beat Spain by seven which is Pau Gasol on the Spanish team this year because I know that he plays professionally in Spain I believe I would assume Marc Gasol's on it Spain's always a tricky team Ricky Rubio's from Spain I remember Rudy Fernandez he played in the NBA for like I don't know two years he was really good in the Olympics Spain is always a team where you gotta watch out for although this year i believe that the team to, that the team that the us is looking forward to is france because we lost to them in the fibo championship in 2019 so i think the uh, i don't really want to say because if i get if i jinx them i'm like i jinx the entire olympic team but i think we'll be fine uh the us is looking for our fourth gold medal in a row which has not happened since 1972 I think in those 72 Olympics, if you don't know what happened, look it up. The three three seconds, it's, oh my God. it's just not a great thing to look back at. Their first game, the Olympic team's first game, is Sunday the 25th at 8 a.m., so set your alarm clocks. Uh, also, check out the documentary. I hope it's on the free version of Peacock, but as I said before, uh, there's free trials for everything, so just check it out. So that'll be it for this week's episode. I want to thank you for listening. Um, just watch the Olympics. It's going to be really fun. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, that's pretty much it. Follow me on Twitter at DiverHeart00, and we will talk to you next week. Peace.